The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. We are looking for a regular human black bill. Do you believe in the resurrection? Welcome to the Freeland Gazette, the unofficial Black Lightning podcast, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, March 12th, 2019, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, Black Lightning. Please welcome my co-hosts, Dimitri Wijasinger. What's good, Freeland? Professor X. I'll answer that question with what's good. Black Lightning is good. I like it. And Rohan Mittal. Uh, hello. That, that was nice. So let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 15, which was titled The Book of Apocalypse, Chapter 1, The Alpha, and aired March 11th, 2019. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Lynn counsels former pod kid Wendy in how to live in a world that's new to her, but the fate of the other pod kids remain in doubt. Anissa figures out Grace's secret. Jefferson tries to install a superhero code for his metahuman offspring, but Jennifer insists on taking revenge on Tobias for her boyfriend's death. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 2, Episode 15. Black Lightning was viewed by 750,000 total viewers. With a .2 in the demo, it was flat. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to this episode. And uh, let's start off with Dimitri. I thought this was enjoyable. Um, I feel like there's so many things that were waiting to happen um that didn't happen this episode and just so everybody knows this is part one of a two-part finale so it is possible that this is being paced like a, a larger episode it felt like they were setting up a lot of things that could be very interesting next week i didn't feel as much happened this week um that that kept me engaged which uh which is unusual for black lady all right, so I picked the the right one to go first. We got negative Nancy out the way. Rohan, what about you? Um, I thought this was a pretty solid episode. It is kind of a setup episode for what we're gonna see next week. Uh, with that being said, because as a episode that is meant uh, to more set up things that are coming for uh, coming in the future, this uh, did its job very well. Okay, we're moving things up. Uh, Professor, school these kids on how it's done. No, I largely agree. It's it's a bit tough to judge this episode because it was the first part of a two-parter. Um, so I think until we see how it pays off, it's a bit unfair to make uh, any sort of judgments. I mean, we don't know how seeds planted in this episode will pay off next episode. I found it very enjoyable. Um, you know, there, there were some frustrating elements. Uh, it felt maybe like they were trying to cram too much into a standard episode, but... If we look upon it instead as the first part of a two-parter, then you know they're they're just setting us up for a number of payoffs uh, in the in the second half. Um, so yeah, I, I liked the episode. I thought it was good, um, but uh, yeah, it did feel a little unfinished, which is understandable. We basically only watched half the show, so okay. Well, I'll agree with basically what everyone is saying, but I really liked the episode. It was jam-packed, but let's be real. 
the majority of the episodes of Black Lightning are typically jam-packed. I'd say for every one episode of Black Lightning, it's like three episodes of the Arrowverse. They just fit so much in. Uh, I really enjoyed it, though. I uh, really liked everything that we saw in the episode. And yes, it is setting up a part two. I mean, listeners, if the To Be Continued uh, did not uh, give that uh, it did, n- did not if, if the if the to be continued was not a major hint for you that this was part one of a part two then um you didn't stick around until the very tail end of the episode but uh it was it was really good it was uh, a fantastic episode it was you know just a typical black lightning a stellar episode so uh before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of black lightning here's our announcer with a few special announcements Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. And uh, let's start off with Agent Odell. We got some interesting stuff with Agent Odell in this episode. We, we still see him kind of peeking in on the uh, Pierce family at their home. Although I will say, and I give a little hat tip to Agent Odell, he is not a perv. Because once... Uh, Anissa was starting to change clothes. He switched the camera, so I was like, "Oh!" I right. was just thinking that. I liked it. He's he might be kind of shifty and shady, but he's not pervy. So uh, thank you, Agent Odell, for that. He he respects women. That was good. Uh, later on in the episode, he got into it into like a heated thing with Lynn about Wendy Wendy and um, him wanting to train her, and 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 then was basically like, like no. Let her live her life. If she wants to be a soldier and if you want to soldierize her later on, you can do that. And Agent Odell backed off. And then at the tail end of the episode, we got obviously a scene that was meant for us, the viewers. Because Lynn at this point doesn't suspect Agent Odell for anything. But there was this whole thing and then houses were burning up. And he reassured Lynn that her neighborhood was fine and then he was like oh you know you know that black lightning man and the thunder girl like they're kind of good aren't they like they do the good work out there don't they and lynn was like yeah they um they do and good night and that was the whole thing but we knew what was going on so uh dimitri what did you think of how they used agent odell in this episode and I know I, we've been going through this, like, back and forth. I feel like ever since they introduced Agent Odell, like, is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? Is he, does he seem bad, but he's going to end up being good? Does, does he seem bad, but he's going to end up being worse? Did this episode at all sway you anywhere with Agent Odell? And what would you think of him? 
it was interesting to see he had a like a a code. It's not. It's hard to give him props for respecting women's privacy when he's got cameras right. all over the blood clot house, but yes. at least he, uh, at least he, you know, switched the camera when Anissa was changing. Um, which I mean, the the dude's perpetual like half asleep face doesn't doesn't lend itself well to not a creep. So so props to him for that. He definitely uh, he definitely I was not expecting that. Let's just say. Well, let's um, be real though. That is Bill Duke's face though. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how he looks all the time. True, true, true. Um, let me see. Um. I I had an ominous feeling about his heated interaction with Lynn because Lynn is like she's gonna take pottery and she's gonna shop at Lululemon and she's gonna you know take uh, take hot yoga and like whatever and I thought he was gonna like shut that down so hard and then he just gives her that extremely blank stare and then goes okay and I was like. Yeah. Now all the kids are gonna die. Now all the kids are definitely gonna die. That he he gave up too easy. Like the kids are on fire right now. I we didn't see anything happen later on in the episode, so I'm just like, some shit is about to go down next week. That was he doesn't strike me as a guy who's like okay a lot. Yeah, I don't think that's part of his normal vocabulary. Uh, I'll open this up to the floor. Agent Odell, any new theories? Was there anything that you liked? Was there anything that you noticed that you feel will be important, especially for part two? Well, I agree that I noticed the scene where, you know, he was watching and, uh, and uh, you know, Anissa was taking off her shirt and he, you know, was obviously, you know, not watching that as a perv or anything, which I thought was interesting because the whole point of, uh, of getting Anissa up there, it, it could have established Odell pretty firmly as a bad guy. But I think instead... He's just a bureaucrat. I mean, he has a job to do, and he's going to do it any way he can. Um, the scene uh, with him going toe-to-toe with Lynn was basically just setting up, you know, his reveal later in the episode that, oh, yeah, I know your secret, which basically means he's got that to hold over her. Either you give me Wendy, Wendy, if you prefer, uh, or I'm going to reveal your secret, or I'm going to take your kids from you. So I think Lynn's going to have to deal with a lot uh, going forward as a result of that. Oh, Okay. I like that. I did think about that for a moment during the episode. I was like, did he give up with the okay so that later on he could be like, exactly what you said, Professor, you know, your family or Windy Wendy? What's it going to be? I think that's really interesting. I, I I look forward to seeing what they do with Odell in the next episode. And, and since Odell kind of uh, uh, tangentially was involved with the Lynn storyline, let's talk about Lynn. Lynn was, I would say, I mean, she's always amazing, especially when she's not being sad. But Lynn was just phenomenal throughout this episode. I loved every scene that she had with Wendy Wendy. I loved their one-on-one talk where Wendy was like, it's been 30 years. Like, I don't even remember what I wanted to be when I when I was going to grow up back in the day. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, none of my friends are here. None of my family's here. I'm a stranger in, in a strange place, in a strange time. And Lynn was there for Wendy. I, I love her little pep talk. I loved her talk with uh, Jennifer later on, where she was trying to convince Jennifer to basically talk to Wendy Wendy. And when she stood up to Odell, I loved that moment as well. Uh, uh, Professor. I know that you love Lynn, especially when she's not sad. What did you think of her throughout the episode? I, I like that, you know, we, we really saw the uh, the strong Lynn when she was going up against Odell. But we also, what I really loved about Lynn was the the first scene. It was just the family around the table. Uh, just that, that relaxed uh, Pierce family getting together, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Lynn was great in that. And, and she was just delightful. Um, and then I thought she played that last scene with Odell where she realized, oh, my God, Odell knows the secret uh, and what that's going to mean going forward. I thought she played that really well and didn't give in to, you know, even though that's a, a great moment, let's face it, for being sad Lynn. Um, I thought she didn't give in to the uh, the sort of cliched sad Lynn that we've seen before gazing, you know, sadly off into the distance. This was more a Lynn going, oh, shit, something very bad's about to happen. Uh, 
Um, so overall, I thought Lynn was great in this episode, even just that little phone call uh, with Jennifer, where she was, you know, trying to get Jennifer to help out, um, uh, you know, Wendy, uh, and uh, and sort of like trying not to say anything that uh, that you know could be taken the wrong way, which is, you know, again, good because too many people on these shows are basically spilling details on their cell phones that anyone could pick up. Uh, and I think it's good to show that uh, Lynn is showing some uh, uh, some sense of uh, of why that would be a bad thing. So I, I did like that. Yeah, overall, I thought Lynn was very, very strong in this episode. I, I just uh, she got to play a wide spectrum of emotions. And, and there was even the uh, the little Jefferson line about your mom and her friend, the shotgun, uh, which I thought was a, a nice callback to uh, shotgun toting Lynn from a few episodes ago. So that was nice, too. Oh, the shotgun line was amazing. But pause and rewind, because I wasn't sure how to read that final scene with Odell. So you took it that Lynn feels like Odell knows. Oh, I'm I'm certain. Lynn knows that Odell knows, but he said it in such a way as to, you know, leave her hanging. Uh, but yeah, no, just that, that Lynn looking off in the distance, I, I'm sure that she knows that he knows. Um, and he knows that she knows that he knows. And she knows that he knows that she knows that he knows. And I'm just going to stop now. That was really entertaining, though. So ev- everyone <laughs> I'm else. I'm on the same page as you. Okay, you're on the same page. So you're on the same page as, as the professor. Uh, Dimitri? I did not interpret it that way. I think, um, you know, when she finds out how much he knows and possibly finds out that he's bugged her whole house, then it will be a much more dramatic confrontation. I mean, that's just, that's too calm to take that revelation. Um, yeah, I feel I, like they're going to find yeah. the bugs and that's when they're going to know. Because I feel like that would yeah. be the most dramatic. Like, oh, shit. They know. Or who I knows? I absolutely agree, yeah. I, I, don't, um, I don't think that, you know, that was a silent acknowledgement. That would be something, you know, uh, a little too subtle for, for uh, you know, the dynamic that we've seen so far on this show with all the characters. I, uh, I think he certainly, like, I think it was more sort of, as you said, an, a nod to us. You know, that he has this knowledge and she's really stepping up to him. And, you know, this could go south really quickly because he has this, you know, ace in the hole to play. Exactly. So let's move over to Anissa. Anissa didn't get a a large storyline this episode, but she did have some really great moments in particular with Jennifer and with Gamby. And it's with her chat with both of them where she makes a realization. Like, she starts off talking with Gamby about the situation. It was a horse, so I was right. The, the half-eaten horse. We had uh, the uh, old uh, Asian man <laughs> with the karate moves. And uh, Gamby's the one that drops the shapeshifter bomb. And uh, later on, when she's talking to Jennifer, she starts to remember stuff with with uh, Grace's eyes and the old Asian man's eyes. And she's like, Grace was the man. Grace could be a shapeshifter. But earlier, Gamby did throw in a little wrench in, I don't know if this would be a wrench in a potential love type of thing. But he was like, what if she's originally an animal and and she can shapeshift because like the whole thing with the horse it would make the most sense that she's like an animal that can shapeshift maybe into a human and and that kind of stuff so i mean there's that like the true but true blood of it all uh rohan what did you think of the realization that anissa made and uh i feel like this is where they're going with Grace. She's going to be a shapeshifter. I don't know if they're going to officially confirm if she started off as an animal, and that's where her animalistic impulses come from. But uh, it was interesting nonetheless. So what would you think, Rohan? Um, so I like that, that she was able to connect the dots by using uh, by remembering about uh, the eye, the, the eyes changing color. So that wasn't... Um, so it was, a, it was a nice callback to that moment in... I want to say two or three episodes ago. Uh, as for uh, future stuff, um, 
I mean, I hope it works out because I like them as a couple, though it is kind of kind of weird, you know, to know that the person you were dating might not even be human and was eating a horse. So, uh, we'll see. She's a wear panther. Thunder Grace is still endgame. Oh, okay. Much like Keiko. In some parts it... of the world, the non-English parts of the world, eating horse is perfectly acceptable. That is true. Not not rotting horse well, lying on the floor of your yeah. kitchen. E- even in some English-speaking parts of the world. Kitchen? It, it was an apartment building. How did she get a horse into an apartment building? She took it up the stairs. Oh, obviously. I was going to say the freight elevator, but yeah, I guess. Yes. That is very funny, because it certainly did not look like it was on the first floor. I'm just saying. Oh, good grief. Okay, so uh, let's talk about Lala. So through Lala's storyline in this episode, we got a little bit more information on who this man is. I'm still going to call him the Doctor, just because we haven't gotten an official name for this man. But uh, he works at the Blackbird Funeral Parlor, and uh, I'm assuming he's got to be a meta, because he talked about Lady Eve helping him with his power. So I'm guessing he's a meta that can bring back the dead with whatever uh, goop diddy goop that he has. And, uh, and we also learned that he does not like Tobias. We learn that, uh, I guess... He was in love with Lady Eve, kind of, sort of, I guess. A piece of his heart Where is missing. Where are we all? I know, right? A piece of his heart is missing ever since Lady Eve is gone. I genuinely thought, because he kept on looking at one of those vats, and I was like, is Lady Eve in there? But after he spoke about how much he loved her, like I feel like he would have brought her back ASAP. So maybe she isn't there. So that. You know what? I thought she was in there. Okay. I thought the, the body that they chose to put in there you know, had a similar shape. Maybe he just wasn't able to bring her back for whatever reason. Uh, but I do think that's probably Lady Eve's remains in there. And it does hold out the possibility that I'm sure you've been hoping for that maybe we could get a Lady Eve return. Yes. Oh my I, gosh. I agree with the professor. I thought she was in there. I was like, plus it's not, it seems he can bring people back multiple times. So maybe she's just, you know, on her current intermission. Okay, possibly. The only reason that it, that it, um, I didn't, fully commit to that idea was because he he seems to be in love with her and i feel like he would have brought her back faster than like he would have been brought her back and, and it looks like she's still kind of in stasis although we don't know if maybe she has been back and uh she died and then she he's bringing her back again i guess stay tuned we'll stick a pin in that i hope so because uh, i love me some lady eve but so we got a little bit more information with this doctor so he definitely hates tobias he's all down for the cause with lala killing tobias and uh, lala is still kind of um he's kind of perturbed by his situation he's like i just want to rest like i just i, I want to be dead like I-, I want to die and the doctor is basically like well maybe you'll find peace if you kill Tobias. And so he hands him a gun and he's basically like, go kill Tobias. You'll feel much better. So we'll pause here because something else does happen with Lala later on. But uh, let's talk about this. Uh, Professor, what did you think of the new information we got from the doctor? And what do you think it means? Well, at first, I'm just, you know, I was so surprised when Lala came back, but I'm loving him as sort of this uh, avenging angel figure. I did find, you know, it's not that I dislike how the actor playing the Doctor is playing him. I think it's 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 a very strong choice for the character, but it does make it frustrating because Lala just basically wants simple answers. Uh, and you're not going to get that from the Doctor, obviously. Um, and, and also, you know, from a storytelling point of view, getting the dribs and drabs, uh, you know, as, as Lala pieces together um his uh um uh, his goal and his mission in this episode uh makes sense I, I did find it a little frustrating uh just because you know the uh uh you know the actor was playing you know the doctor as so messed up but that said you know he's a guy who is bringing people back from the dead you know on the reg i think that's probably going to play with your mind a little bit uh, i liked the uh the reveal of the depth of his feelings towards lady eve and hey maybe that's why he didn't bring her back fully because when he brings them back, maybe they're a little different, like Lala is. 
Um, so, you know, maybe he's refraining from doing that for some reason. Um, I don't know, but I did like that, uh, that hint there, the depth of his hatred towards, uh, uh, Tobias as well. And then, you know, setting Lala off, you know, on his mission of vengeance. I thought it was a very good use of the character. Now, having said that, I don't think you can leave him alive because you can't leave someone out there who can bring people back from the dead. Uh, on a regular basis. I think that's uh, that's too dangerous a storytelling trope. So I would not be at all surprised to find him die uh, by the end of the season. Oh, well, damn. He's only got one more episode left to live. And, and, and of course, he's kind of nutsy cuckoo. He's bringing back roadkill. I mean... Yeah, I like how he said it. It's like, because he, he likes the challenge of something that was, you know, uh, more rotten. It's like, oh, good Lord. Uh, but again, as I say, it, it, if you're someone who does that, you know... Uh, necromancers uh, tend not to be the most stable of people in my personal experience, so. Oh, okay. We'll have to discuss that later on. Have you had possum stew? Uh, no, I've not. Uh, not a lot of possums up here in Canada. Oh, okay. I mean, there are some, just not a lot. You should, uh, order one on Amazon. Maybe not. Any other thoughts on the doctor? I, uh, I agree that, um, he, he probably won't won't make it out of the season. I think Good even grief. Arrow realized like the Lazarus pits were just once Arrow was brought back fully, like somebody's got to destroy the Lazarus pit because it's it's too uh, it's death becomes meaningless as long as that exists in the universe. So the the Doctor probably won't do too well. But I'd be interested to see if he brings Lady Eve back before he gets popped off. Uh, the final ten seconds of the season is Lady Eve sashaying back in saying, what did I miss? That would be fantastic. A fantastic, uh, you know, cliffhanger to lead us into the next season. I know, right? Uh, that'd be hilarious if that's exactly what happens. I'd die, because that would have been an awesome prediction. I would feel like the professor does over on Arrow, because he makes, uh, well, he makes amazing predictions everywhere, but um, he did do a pretty kick-ass one over on Arrow. Okay, so let's see. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our pod people. Because uh, Tobias ends up waking up three of the prisoner pod people. Uh, one can create fire. The other one can create ice. And then the third one, she can liquefy herself or something like that. She can do that kind of thing. And uh, there, there is a reason why he's waking them up. Uh, he wants to basically create a, an army of meta mercenaries, basically. And he wants to be the, the one in charge and selling them on the black market for whatever, whatever. Renting them out, basically, I, I would say. I don't know if he's officially going to sell them off. But he'll, you know, give them to the highest bidder and whatnot. And... Uh, Initially, the guy that they woke up, I don't think it was in the previous episode, I think it was a couple episodes ago, that can um, do vibrational stuff, uh, like, they, he wants them all to be trained, the vibrational guy is not really all that into it, so he gets his throat uh, slashed, but Dr. Jace does uh, suture him up, and they end up sending out the pyro guy, I think, his, I think they called him, his codename was Heatstroke? And uh, he's basically being sent out into Freeland to uh, send a message. And uh, the con not the congressman, but the, um, what would he be? The councilman that we were introduced to earlier this season that Tobias was kind of blackmailing. I, I guess Tobias wants to send a message to him and to others. And uh, the, guy, the, the guy ended up uh, burning him, I'm assuming, to a crisp. And uh, there is an awesome fight between uh, uh, Heatstroke, Black Lightning, and Thunder. I should also mention that the guy was like heating up uh, pipes and stuff, and that's why, as I referenced earlier, houses in uh, Freeland were getting burnt to the crisp because um, the, the gas was um, set ablaze. So, uh, before I, I, I pause, because, um, uh, Rohan, I am going to ask about this. I do want to just add a little aside. At what point, Cutter and um, Tobias, like, made out in front of everybody? And I got to say, the face that I gave was the exact same face that Helga Jace gave. Because she was like, what is going on here? 
it was interesting. I don't know if anybody else had that same reaction, but I was well, like, "Well, Helga Jace has her own motivations, as I'm sure we'll cover in a well, second. Well, yes, we, we'll be discussing her in a moment. But I did like Helga Jace's reaction. She was like, "What?" It was. I was like, "Back off, yeah, Becky, with them. the pixie cut." I feel you. Uh, so, uh, uh, Rohan, what did you think of the new meta that was introduced? And uh, I know you love a fight sequence. What did you think of the altercation at the, uh, I guess that's like a new mall or something? Okay, so the new meta, his thing was, I mean, as you mentioned, Fire. Obviously his name being Heatstroke. Um, with his character, nothing really that uh, particularly awesome stands out other than the fact that he you know, can do fire. As for the fight scene, I thought it looked uh, fantastic. I think there was a, especially this one shot when uh, Heatstroke tries to hit Black Lightning with uh, with fire, and um, Black Lightning puts the shield around him. And Electrical just visually force field. Seeing... Yeah, the force field. Um, my bad. So, uh, just visually, that shot was great. Uh, usually, Black Lightning fight scenes are... They're pretty dark, and the only thing that really uh, stands out is the electricity that Black Lightning is that you're getting from Black Lightning. Uh, though in this case, we had two interesting uh, elements that had their own uh, had their own uh, color kind of clashing together, and the way they shot it uh, was fantastic. The CG was great, and as a result, uh, just it will it end up being a very beautiful shot and a great fight in general. I like it. Yeah. Uh, did you? Are we talking about the Tobias stuff right now, or no? Because I did have one little comments on that, but I can wait. Okay. Are you talking about Helga and Tobias? Um, or Tobias making out with Cutter? Talking about Tobias kind of building his little army thing. Or, okay, you can discuss uh, that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just kind of find it pretty interesting that both the ASA and Tobias kind of have the same goal because they're both taking pod kids and they want to uh, create some kind of army those Tobias is more he's doing it because he can get rich in the ASA they have their own motivations but uh, I liked that parallel of them having kind of the same goal I like that it's a very good point to make uh, I will uh, say that the VFX for Heatstroke was really good I liked it and uh, the music I mean fire during the fight was fantastic, but the music throughout oh, the yeah. entire episode was just... I mean, Black Lightning does a really good job with the music cues, but just this episode, like, I was bopping along throughout, like, all the music. It was just really, really, really good. They picked some really good jams throughout the entire episode. It was fantastic. So let's talk about Helga Jace, because not only did she give good face when uh, she was observing uh, Cutter... And, uh, Give good face. She did. She was. That's the phrasing you're going with. <laughs> okay. Gives good face. Right after her thirsty ass tries to come after Tobias in this episode. Oh my okay, god. Okay, Jeff. We'll get okay. into that right now. So uh, she gets a little one-on-one -on -one time with Tobias, and uh, she's basically like, you know, oh, you know, Cutter's very possessive of you. Like, I want some alone time with you, and you know what? I'm well, smart. She can't give good face. I know. She was like, I'm smart, and I'm the smartest person in the room, and, you know, I love your um, element of survival, and I feel like we could be a dynamic duo, and, uh, you know, I, I can come up with the ideas, you can come up with uh, the killing of the people, since I'm not really good at killing other people, and this, that, or the other, whatever, 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 and Tobias was basically like, um, I'm not convinced, and he leaves, and she's kind of left lifting lifting up um, her chin from the floor. Uh, later on, she does have a really good line, though, uh, where she's like, because uh, I love that she really isn't scared of Tobias. Because she ended up saying something like, oh, because, oh, here's, uh, well, let me set it up. Um, Tobias gets pissed. He ends up punching one of the pod kids, and the, the, the pod, and it breaks, and so obviously the pod kid dies. And she's like, you know, for a man that is really focused on the financial gain of all of this like you have no problem basically uh killing off your merchandise i was like whoa helga jace uh, you get a little hat tip for me because you just read him for filth uh dimitri give it to me 
Helga Jace, what would you think of her throughout the episode? And where do you think this is going? And what do you think she wants? Um, I think she realizes that once Tobias has pretty decent control of the pod kids, um, he'll probably off her. And uh, I, I think she's, you know, just trying to ensure her her survival to some degree her move at the end of this episode made me wonder if that's what cutter is doing as well does she really care about tobias does she see him as like you know uh, a power grab or, or sort of you know a way for her to get more powerful does she think that you know if she doesn't uh you know entice him romantically she might also be the next target it it's interesting i i'm not hugely sold on the fact that uh helga jace has feelings for tobias but uh i do think that she wants to be you know his his right hand or perhaps have him think she's his right hand whereas actually being you know having him be her right hand i uh it's difficult to say um she probably wants Cutter out of the picture. It's also worthwhile to note that Tobias didn't kill Todd. Cutter did. And so she may realize that Cutter might actually uh, also want her dead. And it's to her advantage to get Cutter out of the scene. Now, look at Helga Jace. Look at Cutter. I understand why Tobias made the choice he did. But uh, I am, I'm back and forth on what exactly Helga Jace's endgame is. Okay. Rohan, I know that Helga Jace is your homegirl. You guys chat over uh, Discord every night. What did you think of her in this episode? Um, I liked her, and I really liked that one moment where she kind of says, I'm the, I'm the smartest one here, and Tobias just shoots her kind of a look like the hell did you just say? And she's like, oh, come on, we know it's true. Um, so yeah, as for Tobias and... Uh, but I do agree with you, Dimitri, that, you know, she, um, the whole Cutter killing Todd thing, she might feel threatened by that as well. She might think that uh, either I get Cutter out of the way or she um, kills me. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't really pick up on the romance angle as much as uh, Dimitri did. Did you feel that, Professor? Did you feel like she was trying to do something? No, I didn't. I didn't. I never got the sense that Helga was. Uh, I'm on a first name base with her because you know she and I are both the smartest people in the room. Um, I, I didn't feel that Facts. she was, um, uh, you know, uh, romantically interested. What I think has happened is that she's realized something that I said a couple of weeks ago, which is that Cutter is playing Tobias. She's manipulating him to her own ends, and I think that uh, Helga realizes this and realizes that puts her in a difficult situation. Uh, so basically what she was doing, like there was nothing about a romance or anything like that with her. She was basically just saying to him, look, uh, I'm super smart. You're a good survivor. You've got the resources. Let's work together and make lots of money to quote Pet Shop Boys uh, or paraphrase Pet Shop Boys. Um, I didn't get any sense that there was anything romantic in that at all. But I think it is true that Tobias is, um, you know, possibly not seeing things as clearly uh, because Cutter is manipulating him. And, and I think that's going to be something that we get the payoff for in the next episode. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh, bold prediction time. Cutter or Jace? Will they both make it out the season alive? Will one of them die? And which one? That's an open-ended question for any of you to step up and, and give your bold prediction. Come on. I'm just trying to think of an answer. My guess is Cutter is going to die. Oh. I think Cutter's going to die. Possibly Jace. Well, it kind of depends on what they're doing with Tobias. Assuming that they're going to keep... If they keep Tobias as the bad guy, I think it makes sense to kill Cutter, um, leaving Tobias, you know, bereft and even angrier um, as a result of that. Uh, And maybe if Tobias is taken into custody or something like that, that would leave uh, Jace out there as a... um, Oh, as uh, as a wild card, um, you know, uh, perhaps she still has access to the uh, the metas and uh, uh, or Tobias, you know, Tobias could get killed. Uh, Tobias could just escape to uh, to fight another day. I, I don't know what they're going to do with Tobias. So it's it's difficult to say um, exactly uh, how that will all play out. 
But um, yeah, my, my gut feeling is we're probably going to lose Cutter. And hey, has everyone else forgotten about that uh, teleporting meta? I was going to bring him up weeks ago, and just did he just teleport and not reappear? I mean, he has to come back. I agree. The teleporter's yeah, I was out there. Wondering about that guy. Yeah, what happened to Nightcrawler? You know what? Maybe you know he's he's like Ubering to Freeland or something. You know what I'm saying? Like he's taking his time. Maybe he'll arrive. Uh, you know, the last ten seconds he'll show up and be like, "Oh, so you hired me, Lady Eve? Let's 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 you know cause some trouble in Freeland or something." Any other bold predictions? Who will die, Cutter or uh, Helga, as the Professor of Color? I um. I... Beg your pardon for bringing this movie into the equation, but I remember Batman and Robin, where um, why would you? Yeah, um, where Poison Ivy uh tries to kill Mr. Freeze's wife and then use his grief to sort of steer him. My prediction is that Helga Jace kills Cutter and tries to do the same thing with Tobias. Now Tobias is sharp; it might backfire; it might not work. But that's kind of uh, what I'm, what I'm predicting for the end of this season. Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't put it past her. No, she great way. Well, yeah. Okay, I like it. Rohan, you're still on the fence. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't have a prediction for this. Okay. I don't either. But when I was thinking about it, I, I would think that they would kill Jace off versus Cutter. But I do like the storyline possibility, or the possibilities, with what they can do if Cutter dies. That does make, I think that does make a little bit more sense. Because I feel like we still need Jace around as a threat, as well as uh, with the knowledge that she has of the pods and the pod kids and that kind of stuff. So, uh, I guess Cutter, your days are numbered. She only has one episode left, much like the Doctor, I guess. Maybe the Doctor takes her out or something. Not on a date, but kills her. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the superhero code that was discussed at the start of the episode and that was referenced uh, many times throughout the rest of uh, the episode. So, at a family meeting... Uh, no pizza was involved, uh, a single teardrop, but there was a store-bought mashed potatoes. Uh, Jefferson is basically like, we need a code. If we are going to do this, if we're going to team up together, if we're going to fight crime together, we need a code. Number one, you can't tell uh, everybody you know, who you are. You have to keep your identity a secret. And then uh, number two, if you're out in the field, you have to have a buddy. Like, you can't go out on your own, you can't do your own thing, you need to let people know, and uh, you need to be out there with someone. And the third thing is, much like the rest of the Arrowverse, uh, for the most part, we can't kill. You can't kill, it'll take you down a dark path, you can't kill, don't kill, we're the good guys, you know, we have these powers, and, and we can't use them to kill. We can't be the judge of, of people. And uh, initially, his daughters have a problem with it, but they end up sort of like reluctantly agreeing with it. There's an interesting conversation later on in the episode uh, over some very delicious looking fries uh, with Jennifer about the code and like, what about Tobias? Tobias has done all this stuff. Like he has to die. There's like no other way. And, and uh, Jefferson is basically like, no, you know, we can't kill him. We can get him. And then, you know, sort of like the legal system will figure out what to do with him. But at the tail end of the episode, after Gamby has been, like, researching... Uh, this is all sciencey stuff. It's like the radiation of the pods and uh, Geiger counters and the wind and all this kind of stuff. He's figured out exactly where Tobias is. And uh, Jennifer decides to go out, even though her suit is untested to um who saw that coming i know to basically take down tobias and uh, it looks like she overheats herself and uh, or she um i don't know what she does but uh she ends up being a teen 
and that's how the episode ends. We will talk about some of the other elements uh, at the end of the episode. I, I believe we're missing a couple things, so um, so just stay tuned for that. But let's talk about the code as well as Jennifer and uh, Professor. Talk to me about the code and uh, what you thought of Jennifer throughout the episode. So, uh, you know, I was saying that uh, if you're looking for, you know, three simple rules uh, for being a superhero, they weren't bad. I mean, it was a pretty sensible, uh, you know, set of rules that should be fairly easy to follow. It's almost, you know, you shouldn't have to say them. Uh, but then again, you know, we are steeped in, in superhero culture. We read the comics, we watch TV shows and stuff like that. We sort of accept these are the rules. Um, I did find it interesting that of the three rules, uh, you know, uh, Jennifer broke uh well tried to break one definitely broke a second uh and uh, encouraged uh, anissa to break the third uh all in the span of less than a day of getting those rules now that said it didn't bug me that much because you know again yeah it's annoying because this is jennifer but that's jennifer this is what jennifer has always been uh, as dimitri said who among us was surprised that she, you know, put on the untested suit and went out to uh, to face Tobias herself. Uh, obviously, that's what she was going to do. That's what Jennifer will always do. It's her character. So I'm not as bothered by it simply because it is true to who we've come to know and uh, and like Jennifer as a character. That's who she is. But I do think it, it creates problems because, you know, from a parent's point of view, how can Jefferson trust her? Uh, you know, she has broken two of the rules and, and advised breaking a third. Um, you know, so next time when she says, no, no, I'll, I'll definitely do How could he trust her? Um, I, I think that puts him in a very difficult place, not so much as a, a superhero, but as a father. That's very true. All really great points. Uh, I did like the moment, um, that Jefferson had by himself as he was like watching Jennifer with her suit, like of the flashbacks to like, uh, you know, toddler, Jennifer and, and all I that kind of stuff. I hated that. You did? You didn't like it? You thought it was too schmaltzy? I thought, look, I'm, you know, I'm as much of a cheese ball as anybody on this podcast, but I feel like the, you know, the family dinner moments and especially the chemistry between Anissa and Jennifer, you have that warm, fuzzy family dynamic without um without doing this cheesy you know ratchet hallmark movie montage right before she puts on her suit also how come you didn't have a cheesy montage for thunder and she kicks ass every episode as opposed to this you know perpetual buffoon who keeps fucking up like come on well we never saw her started playing that i was like stop Stop we never stop. saw her get her suit. Like she just, she like didn't have a suit one episode, and she was kicking ass in a suit in the next episode. So we didn't Which see like the process. Was great. We did not need this. That was two minutes of my life that I will never get back. Oh my! I gosh. love that Jennifer shaded him for it. But as much as I chuckled, I was just like, skip this, guys. Too cheesy. Skip this. And look, I uh, I get that. Uh, that you know he's gonna be emotional seeing his baby girl um you know plunge forward and be a superhero uh i feel like you know something like worrying about her safety would be more realistic like you know this montage would maybe make sense if he was walking her down the aisle but uh now that her bay is gone that's gonna be a welcome and so um it, it just it was cheesy it was out of place um you know i'm all for cheesy but it was out of place didn't really fit with the the mood at that moment and the vibe of the show in general and no that was a miss well i liked it it was adorable i like seeing the the little uh jennifer I, I thought she was cute so i didn't mind it uh okay so you know, she probably opened all her presents before christmas too she probably did um so uh, the episode ends with many cliffhangers. So uh, Jennifer, well, let's start off with Tobias ends up getting away. But before he gets away, uh, Lala ends up showing up. I don't know how he found out where he was, but Lala did find out. And he shows up and he tells Cutter, like, where's Tobias? And Cutter obviously isn't going to tell him. So she starts doing what she does best, throwing knives. And, um, I mean, it, it looked like it hurt. But Lala was basically like, you need to do better because I don't die. And these little knives aren't going to do shit. So he, she runs, 
she he bangs bangs he pulls out the knives and that's when cutter is basically like tobias helga we need to bounce because there's a crazy man here that can't die that wants to kill you so they end up escaping although they do notice a weird uh, bit of light that is nearby and they're like what is this and they're like i don't care we need to leave so they bounce and jennifer arrives but she is like supernovaing, and um, she can't do anything, basically. Uh, Gamby is on his way. Black Lightning and I'm assuming Thunder are both on their way as well. And uh, this is basically where we end the episode. So I will open it up to the floor. Uh, what did you all think of the final uh, moments of the episode? What did you all think of Lala and Cutter? I thought that was an awesome uh, little sequence that we saw. And, uh, yeah, so what are your final thoughts on, on the final few moments of the episode? Whomever wants to go first may jump in. I thought it was a bit of a weird continuity. Like, we didn't know prior to now that every time Lala gets brought back, he maybe gets stronger or a little more invulnerable. You know, I think, you know, initially when he went down, you know, a knife would kill him just as it kills anybody else. I think the, you know, he's, he went from, you know, I can be killed, but I come back to life to, oh, you can treat me like a pincushion and I won't even blink. So that was a little weird. I, I wish that had at least been explained or whatever, because he's just like, I can't die. And it's like, well, previously you can die. You just, you know, somebody drops a, drops a possum in a, in a bowl of soup and you come back. But, uh, but that that was sort of surprising to me. He's almost like, I guess, a meta now in in that respect, kind of Wolverine esque. And I don't know how I feel about that. Um, it also kind of, I don't know. I think it it kind of messes with the menacing nature of of the uh, antagonist. That you know, we now have two very menacing antagonists who are suddenly pitted against each other. Honestly, Jen would have been toast if Lala hadn't shown up because. She passes out after two seconds, and then, you know, Tobias could have killed her. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's better uses for Lala, but, uh, but I guess we'll, we'll see what, what happens in the final episode. Um, my, my only other thought is, I don't know how the rest of y'all feel about this. I'm personally getting a little tired of, uh, Jennifer being a fool all the time. I feel like, Either you gotta have character growth, or you gotta have character buffoonery in new ways. Because I exactly was able to predict the end of this episode. Um, and it's just like, don't have her make the same exact stupid mistake over and over again. I, I feel like you gotta start changing it up. Jen is almost, not almost, she is predictable now in terms of the mistakes she's gonna make. Well, there you go. Does anyone have a rebuttal for Dimitri? Or co-signage? Dimitri stands alone. I can co-sign the fact... Dimitri was right. Oh, gosh. I can co-sign the fact that Lala with the knives, that did confuse me. Although earlier in the episode, the doctor did say, you know, you're more powerful or, or like, you know, this is you're something that Tobias isn't expecting or something like that. And I wonder if the, um, remember when we saw Lala last with Tobias, he was programmed to basically do whatever Tobias wanted. I wonder if that's still with him, or maybe since he died and he was brought back, that programming is gone. So now he can actually kill Tobias. Because remember every time that he would try to kill him, like, he, he wouldn't be able to do anything. That's what happened at the very tail end of last season. So I wonder if that is no longer a factor, and he can actually kill Tobias. Um, I did like his interaction with Cutter, though, just because Cutter looked freaked the fuck out of what was happening. Like, I don't think she's ever had to deal with anybody quite like Lala. So I thought that was um, that was good. She looked shook, and uh, Cutter is not the type of person that... Well, at least she doesn't seem to be the type of person that could be easily shook. So uh, that was kind of nice. 
if I was going to make um, a prediction, you know, based on where things stand now, um, and again, this all depends, you know, we're, we're talking about the second part of a two-parter, uh, you know, and we don't yet know what they have planned uh, for Tobias going forward. But if they were going to kill Tobias, what I could see them doing is setting up a situation in which Jennifer has a chance to take him out, chooses not to, follows her dad's path, but then Lala shows up and kills Tobias. So they end up getting the resolution that they kind of need. Um, and, uh, but, uh, none of the Pierces have to be the one who actually did it. I agree with that. 100%. Yeah. A thousand percent. If I could even go that high, I 100% agree. I feel like now that, that said, that's what I they don't do. want to see us lose Tobias. I love Tobias. I, I, you know, uh, he's, uh, but that said, it's been two seasons of Tobias, uh, being the shadowy bad guy, uh, you know, maybe bring the Markovians in or, or something else or bring Lady Eat back or something. Uh, if they were going to uh, go the route of losing Tobias, that's how I would choose to do it. Yeah, I think Tobias is such a good antagonist. I don't know if they want to lose him. I think probably they'll they'll put him in jail to just always have the option to bring him back. I think that makes more sense, yeah. He could still get shot by Lala. He doesn't have to die, though. Make a point, shot and put in uh, prison. Or they could shoot him and it looks like he's dead, but some sort of, maybe the ASA takes him in and patches him up and I don't know what what they would do or where that would go, but uh, they could always go that route. Or maybe, uh, you know, you see him get shot and apparently killed. And then the last uh, scene of the episode is uh, the doctor with a new vat. Oh, okay. I would assume Although someone would have, have to... have established that the Doctor hates the bias. Well, I was about well, to say... he might be bringing him back for his own purposes, though. Either that or someone is paying him to do it. Like, I could see him, even though he doesn't like Tobias, and he would probably not want to do it personally. Maybe if, if someone, maybe Lady Eve, is, like, standing behind him. Like, oh, my darling, I know you don't want to do this, but I have plans for this one. Brum, brum, brum. No? Possibly. You never know. All right. Uh, Rohan, what about you? You're the only one that hasn't piped up. Any other thoughts on uh, the final couple moments of the episode besides uh, Jennifer uh, making the wrong hashtag choices? Um, no, not really. You guys kind of covered all my thoughts. It's kind of just fun listening to you guys. Okay. You are a Lady Eve fan, right? Oh, of course. Okay, good. We were, we were about to kick you off the podcast. Uh, if you gave the wrong answer to that. Uh, so before we head into the MVP, I just want to double check. Uh, was there anything else that anyone noticed throughout the episode that you would want to bring up? Uh, anything, a small scene or something that was not touched upon that you would like to reference before we head into the MVP? Alrighty, so let's get into the MVP, the most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. Stay which character impressed you throughout impressed you throughout the episode and why and if someone has already mentioned the character that you were going to choose you must select a different one aka no repeats uh we have many characters that we can choose from i feel like we have a lot of mvp choices so uh, it's it's gonna come down to uh people stealing maybe your number one choice and uh let's start off with rohan who's your mvp and why um so this was actually a hard choice because i mean uh Basically, all the characters are great in this episode. Uh, but if I have to choose, I'll give it to Jefferson. And that's really for two scenes. It's the scene at the dinner table and the scene uh, when he is talking to um, Jennifer and they're having lunch, uh, eating the fries. Uh, I think in both the scenes, he... I mean, we're seeing him be a parent uh, and a really good one. And that's kind of where the show excels. Um, it's about family. It's something that would, that's really something that separates it from the other Arrowverse shows. And I know both The Flash and Arrow are trying to have the whole family dynamic in them this season, but neither of them are executing it the best. Uh, on the other hand, Black Lightning does it extremely well, and these two scenes are the reason why. And in, that's kind of the reason why I love the show so much. Uh, it's because of that. Uh, angle and the fact that they really brought it back heavily in this episode and really appreciate it and uh, I think these two scenes are the best examples of that I like it so Jefferson is off the table Dimitri what about you your MVP and why 
Well, first and foremost, fuck you, Rohan, because that's exactly who I was going to pick. <laughs> um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Rohan ruined your life? I think... Huh. As annoying as she was, I think this episode goes to Jen. Her character, I feel like, had the most to do. And the... Uh, China Ann McLean brings uh, a real earnestness to the character that keeps the character believable. Um, I am shading the writing for uh, for sort of this repeated, like, don't do X. Jennifer does X. Um, you know, find ways to change it up. But uh, China Ann McLean keeps bringing her A-game for these performances. And, uh, and she she believably oscillated between, you know, bloodlust um which is made very plain and you know her youthful enthusiasm about getting a new suit getting her powers um you know when uh when anissa is talking about grace she's like go get her screw the rules you know so um so it's not it's not easy to make that spectrum of emotion believable but she's pulling it off um and certainly a very enjoyable character to watch so jennifer grudgingly but you get it wow that's surprising dimitri picked jennifer that's mind blown all right so jefferson jennifer off the table professor your mvp and why uh i'm gonna go with lala um i was really glad to see lala come back uh, i like this new take of him as sort of the uh uh the avenging angel um uh i liked uh, his interactions with the doctor and also the way he just showed up and uh you know took the three knives and uh, and basically you know just tossed them aside i mean and the thing is you know it, it's not that you know it didn't have any effect on them they obviously hurt him uh and it hurt them hurt him when he he uh, pulled the knives out so it's not like he's invulnerable or anything like that but uh it does seem that uh you know his his new mer- his new purpose his new mission uh has given him that motivation uh, and uh, and I'm curious to see how this all works out with them. Another great choice. Lalo's actually my top choice, so I feel uh, the way Dimitri felt uh, a couple moments ago. But uh, I do have a really great backup, and I'm going to give it to Lynn. I-, I loved Lynn throughout this episode. She was awesome with Wendy Wendy. She was great over the phone with Jennifer. And when she stood up to Agent Odell, oh, it was just fantastic and then at the end i I still really don't know i don't know i don't think that she knows so i'm gonna play it off i'm gonna gonna think of it in that way because i like how uh, that scene was played and uh yeah just everything lynn throughout the episode her at the dinner table shotgun lynn everything was fantastic with lynn throughout the entire episode so i will give it to Lynn. So now it is time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 electrical bolts? The point system is loud, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted electrical force field, which uh, we saw a visual representation of that uh, during this episode. So uh, let's switch up the order, and let's start off with the professor. Well, again, it's it's tough to judge. This was the first half of a two-parter. Um, so, you know, when we see how, you know, all the plot threads are resolved uh, next episode, uh, uh, I might change my mind. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, yes, uh, the Jennifer stuff was uh, frustrating, even though, as I say, I mean, that's her character. We've come to expect it. But, you know, why wouldn't Jeff and Lynn expect that of her as well? Um, so, um, uh, but that's it. It was enjoyable. I'm going to give it an eight. All right, we got a solid eight. Rohan, what about you? How would you rate this episode? Um, well, even though at the beginning we were talking about the episode, I sounded like I was uh, a little lower than Professor X. I'm actually going to give it a higher score. Oh, did you do a um, fake I'm out with us? Sorry? Did you do a fake out with us? Uh, no. Oh, okay. That was not what I intended at all. <laughs> Um, it's just going to be a little bit higher. It's a nine. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the show is about family, and I actually think in this season that's been a little less, because I think for a large chunk of the season they've been, uh, they've been separated, so the fact that in this episode they had those family dinners again, 
and um, the whole father moments. Um, I really, I really, really like that. You know, this this show is completely different than the other shows. It doesn't even tell the origin story of Black Lightning. Really, it's telling the origin story about a superhero family. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's a nine because it's a setup. It, it is a setup episode, but um, as a setup episode, it is very well executed. So, yeah, it's a nine. So we've got an eight, we've got a nine. Dimitri, will you pick a side or will you do your own thing? I'm going to side with the professor again. That's twice in one episode. I think we should set a new record. But uh, but yeah, I um was a great setup episode. Not as much happening. A little bit of predictability with Jennifer. Um, and also, I really wanted my Thunder Grace payoff, and they are holding out on us. So yeah, I'm gonna go with an eight. I uh, this, you know, I may uh, I may eat my words when come next week. Everything that's been set up has majestic payoffs, and it's all perfect, and it was totally worth the wait. Um, but you know, they chose to pace it the way they did, and right now you have me feeling a little a little lacking. So so it's gonna be an eight. Okay, so we've got two eights, we've got a nine, and as much as I would like to agree with Rohan, I'm actually going to kick it up a notch just a little bit. I'm going to give it a nine and a half, because I really liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. It's a very rewatchable episode. I enjoyed all of the storylines. The Lala stuff was really good. The Lynn stuff was fantastic. The Jennifer stuff was predictable, yes, but uh, I still liked it. Like it was still entertaining for me, in particular because of the the smaller moments, the phone call with her mom, uh, the um, the lunch with her dad, uh, the stuff um, on the roof with Anissa. So I really liked it. Yes, it it is setting up a uh, hopefully an explosive uh, finale. But uh, it was good setup. I was hella entertained. So nine and a half for me. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Freeland Gazette. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Freeland Gazette. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions? Suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Freeland Gazette and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, Freeland. We'll see you next week for the season finale. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Freeland Gazette every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. Good night.